Welcome back to another episode of Unexpressed Nintendo Podcast, episode 319. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we also have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. We're back. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> We're back, and that's all you need to say. Also with us, indie games editor, Campbell Gill. I cannot wait for a very engaging episode. <laughs> God, God damn it. Damn it. Well, and that uh, is, that's our show. That, and, yeah, uh, that's the only thing I can say about that game, because that's the only thing I know about this game. <laughs> that's fair. So, uh, listen, y'all, it's it's the end of the holidays. We're all, you know, we're all kind of ramping up back into our into our busy lives, um, as we were, we were kind of alluding to before we started recording. You know, we, we listen, things are busy. Mark, fortunately has a lot of things to talk about on this podcast because, Campbell, I don't know about you, uh, the only thing I have had time to play over the last couple of weeks is the <laughs> the much-derided Forspoken, which is not on a Nintendo oh, platform until we get the inevitable cloud version, which would just be... A well, catastrophe. I cannot, cannot wait for that. Uh, I, I, so, just, I want to live in a universe where we get a cloud version of Forspoken, but not Final Fantasy VII Remake on Switch. <laughs> like, if you're gonna... Oh my God, Square Enix yes. giving us a big-budget cloud version of Forsake, Forspoken, of all things. Like, I could see that yeah. happening, honestly. I could... The worst part is, I'm like, yeah, I could easily see that happening. Um, like, they're just gonna try so hard Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sadly, you know, we can't talk about Forspoken on this podcast because it's a Nintendo podcast, everybody. You all know this. Um, but Mark, fortunately, has been shouldering the burden for us this week because he's been he's been playing all things Nintendo. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark, why don't you take it away with the first item on our list? Go yes, we'll engage with Fire Emblem later because we got to start with later. something else first. Uh, SpongeBob Thanks, SquarePants. I, I feel like it's the type of character where we can all just start yelling quotes from the show you know my leg the crusty crab pizza it's like everybody everybody knows just everything about spongebob it's one of those shows that's like a cultural phenomenon so uh battle for bikini bottom they came out with that game back in 2003 and people loved it even though i think it's kind of mediocre but it had a remaster in uh was it 2020 or 2021 and now uh, we have a couple, couple years ago. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. And now we have SpongeBob uh, SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake, which is a, it's, it's not really a sequel per se, but it's um, very inspired by Battle for Bikini Bottom. In fact, it's like the same game. It's actually admirable how this game is still a SpongeBob 3D platformer. And it is literally the same gameplay as Battle for Bikini Bottom, except rather than playing as Patrick and Sandy, you're just playing as SpongeBob, and all their moves from that game are incorporated into SpongeBob. So it's kind of like this more condensed adventure, except it, it's kind of it's hard for me to judge this game because I wasn't a huge fan of Battle for Bikini Bottom to begin with. So it's, it's one of those cases where it's like, I judge this game as the people who love that game, will they love this game? And I think the simple answer is yes. 
this is like a very well done successor but it's also a game that echoes like the early 2000s platformer vibes which i don't think have aged entirely well like you still have spongebob like his bubble move that was kind of broken in the original game like it's still barely functional here (laughs) it just doesn't really work and then you know the the platforming is fine there's some like cheap jumps it's one of those productions that it's like it could be a lot smoother there's like weird audio cuts and weird camera cut and stuff like that it's like the weird stuff you would expect from an early 2000s platformer is like all here. Honestly, if this game came out in the early 2000s, I feel like it would have been like one of the biggest things, you know? Mm-hmm. But today, I don't, you know, the critical reception around it, I have, before it was sitting at like a 68 on Metacritic or something when I looked. I don't know what it's at now. It's been a while. But I, I think that's warranted in a sense. But for SpongeBob fans, I think they're going to have a lot more to take from this release. And to me, that's a good thing because, you know, it, from the viewership, from the perspective of a fan, like they're making an Avatar The Last Airbender game. And like, I want that to be for Avatar The Last Airbender fans. And is if you're the, like... The, sorry to interrupt you. Is that the mobile one? That's no, 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 no. They're actually making... There's, like, a few leaks a while back that they're making, like, a 3D Avatar The Last Airbender game. Okay. But uh, that's... All right. Yeah, that's been announced for a while. It was, like, leaked on, like, Amazon, and it was supposed to release in November, but it didn't. We didn't hear about it, so we'll see where that one goes. Mm. But for this game, it does a lot of justice to SpongeBob, but I don't think it's, like... I wish it were more perfect of a video game you know like it's it has the characters it has the voices it has some of the dialogue kind of reflects modern spongebob which i'm not a fan of because if you watch modern spongebob versus the old one it's like it's kind of like random nonsense jokes while the older one with steven hillenberg was sort of more like well executed punchlines and you like you guys know the difference between like a modern kid show versus like back then it's like it's night and day for the most part for a lot of shows and i think that game kind of this one kind of suffers from that whereas battle for bikini bottom like i was looking back on it and i was like this is legitimately funny this game on the other hand i don't really think is funny at all there's a few good lines that like legitimately made me laugh but it's not like it's not the spongebob humor that i grew up with but again if you're a kid today playing this like you're gonna have a blast no doubt. And for older fans of SpongeBob, there's a lot of nostalgia in this game because right, we never talked about the game's plot or anything, but basically SpongeBob gets um, King Neptune's bubbles from Glove World as like a prize and uh, he abuses it and it causes like this cosmic um, disaster to open up and it sucks in all his friends. So you're basically hopping from world to world trying to save SpongeBob's friends and Patrick becomes a balloon because at the beginning he wishes he were a balloon. It's absolutely ridiculous, but it's what you'd expect from like modern SpongeBob. And it like it does its job, you know? It's just... If Battle for Bikini Bottom was catered towards old SpongeBob, this is definitely catered more to new SpongeBob. And it's like, it's it's a dual, you know, it's a double-bladed edge. It's like, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's not for me, but I see the appeal. I see why it's good in a sense. But again, like, this wasn't for me, sadly. Okay. Not a bad so- game by any means, but just not something that I personally enjoyed to the fullest extent that i wish i would have 
I totally Got get a, you. Um, maybe a, a, this is a bit of a digression, but I know that you reviewed this on the Switch. Yes. Right? And I know that the previous <laughs> game, Rehydrated, was a bit of a mixed bag in terms of a port. And mm -hmm. I know that you've told us a bit about your experiences with the Switch version. I care to share what you've encountered oh, with this port. Oh, of course, Campbell. <laughs> so for every viewer listening, um, I got to review this game. It was three weeks, right, Campbell? I'm pretty sure it, it yeah, was three weeks. The, uh, yeah, that's when the opened up. Yeah. Three weeks early, they gave me a copy of this game, which is considered like the pre-release build. It wasn't finished. Like a lot of the bugs weren't patched out yet. They had like an ongoing list of what they were fixing and stuff for the day one patch. We get games like that all the time. It's fine. It's understandable. In this case, I encountered a problem where the save files were absolutely broken. So I couldn't save the game once. Now, I thought this was, here's the thing, here's the thing. I thought this was an initial bug. So I was like, okay, I did a world. It didn't save. It's like an hour of progress. It's like, it's forgiven. So I go through the world again, and I realize my progress is just stuck. It's, it's not saving at all. The autosave is broken, and so is the manual save. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't have that much left of the game, so I'll just beeline it. But the thing is, I wanted to see, like, the side activities of this game, see what you could do in the bikini bottom and stuff like that, which is like a hub world, and then you have, like, the separate dimensions, which have extra collectibles in them. And I couldn't save. Wow. So I put the Switch in sleep mode to continuously go through the game. And I got to the final boss, and it crashed. That was the first time the game ever crashed on me. And it crashed wow. at the final boss. So uh, my review went up a few hours late because I just wanted to see what the heck the ending was. And it was not what I expected. In a good or bad way? <laughs> In a bad way. Uh, just oh, a straight no. up bad way. I, oh, no. You know, it's, I mean, it's SpongeBob. It's like you expect Plankton or Neptune or someone to be the main boss. And it's like, nope. <laughs> okay. I, I don't really know what they were thinking with this it's again it's it's very like modern spongebob where it's just like it's a whole bunch of randomness that doesn't make any sense whereas the original had like an actual you know there was a rhythm to it there was a story to it it's like spongebob got from point a to b or the other characters did as well and in this case it's like that's completely thrown out the window mm -hmm. i want to i want to circle back to something you said earlier uh, just because I, I just think it's interesting to delve into. Um, you said you think this game does right by SpongeBob. I'm assuming you mean like fan service. Oh like yeah, of course. Yeah, references that. Kind yeah, of stuff. each each um each dimension or world is like based on a certain SpongeBob episode. So like one of the last ones you visit is like Dunces and Dragons, which is like the medieval episode of SpongeBob. So it's like it's really like authentic to it. It's really well done. And then I you have other episode. episodes with um. One of my favorites is like Rock Bottom, where it's like the bus episode where everyone pfft, talks pfft, like that. It's, it's like that. And they're all talking in like the same dialect and stuff. And it's like really, it's it's cute. You know, it's like it gets, it's very authentic to SpongeBob. Like, you, you, like the, clearly the, the writers and producers who worked on the game appreciate like, SpongeBob. Like, lo love the yeah, franchise. They're yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. fans of SpongeBob. And you could tell that people who, I don't know if people who actually write the show wrote this game. But it's certainly, it feels like it, which should be a compliment. But for me, it's like, it's not a compliment for me because I just like, I don't think modern SpongeBob is good, you know? 
Right. Yeah, I totally get where to, you're it, coming from there. Yeah, because like doesn't doesn't hit as as hard for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. We, we you you guys met or, uh, Mark. I think you mentioned this a couple of days ago, but you were like, ah, oh, you know, classic Nickelodeon, and I was like, classic Nickelodeon to me is very different than what it is for you. <laughs> yeah, I was watching classic SpongeBob episodes while well, uh, even writing classic review. SpongeBob. Yeah. Like I remember when SpongeBob like was new, like not even what it, what can be considered <laughs> classic, but was like, what's this new weird show? Yeah. Is this weird. It's a Sponge it's a character? cultural masterpiece. Those first three seasons. Listen, they're hysterical. No complaints with SpongeBob. It just like it, it missed me by about I don't know, like ten years or something. You, you maybe, should still go like, back maybe and like watch them. Years. I've seen. Yeah. Listen, I've seen a good <laughs> it's amount. Really like, good. It was, yeah. it, was, it was. It was the kind of show where it was. It was on the air right around the time where I wasn't watching Nickelodeon cartoons as frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just. It just never. It just wasn't in my rotation at that point anymore. Mm-hmm. I was. I was more into like. You know what's what's on what's on Cartoon Network? What's on you know what's on uh, you know Simpsons like that kind of stuff? You know mm-hmm. I, was, I was more like mm-hmm. aged up at that right. point. It's funny you say that though, Cameron, because when SpongeBob first premiered, like the demographic was like half adult, half kid. That, that, that tracks. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't doing it for me at that point. I think I was more I was into like Invader Zim, like the weird. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> the really like dark like what is this like yeah. how is this on Nickelodeon like yeah Rocco's you know. Modern Life stuff like that oh yeah boof mm-hmm. yeah that kind of stuff um uh so yeah okay interesting that's good to know so um as far as like the structure of the game mm-hmm. this because I, I I have not played Battle for Bikini Bottom like I, I understand the impulse to like let's compare these two games but as yeah. someone who has played neither of them. It's a platformer. Um, you go it's, from it's like a, you go from like point A to B. You follow the story. It's like you know whether you're following a character or trying to find something. It's just like it's point A to B platforming. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to put. It. But there are collectibles like to find. Me? You can yeah. find like costumes. You can unlock based on classic SpongeBob episodes or stuff like the Goofy Goober costume and when he dresses like Elvis and the finale of the movie and like there's all like stuff like that that you can find, which is really cool. And again, they're all like references to the to the um to the classic episodes. But it's so weird. It's like this game is written by modern SpongeBob people and it wants to appreciate classic SpongeBob, but it feels, it doesn't feel like classic SpongeBob and there's no references to modern SpongeBob. It's this very weird position they've taken, which I don't, you know, it's just weird. It's weird how they developed this game. It's not a bad thing, but it's just weird. I just think the structure is like could be could be shifted around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the structure like a simple linear plat- uh, levels, or is it more like Mario sixty four style big open areas? Like, what do the actual levels um, look like and feel like to play? No, you can you could sort of jump around. They're sort of more on the linear side, but they do have like open areas where you could find collectibles. There's like the spatulas and the coins in each world from Battle for Bikini Bottom. Like they're here. And SpongeBob, he can obviously use everyone's moves. So now you kind of have the different puzzles with Sandy and Patrick have been incorporated into SpongeBob. I don't think they're as prevalent and they're as well done, but they're, they're like, they're there. Like Sandy's lasso to use to climb upwards on like hooks and stuff. Like that's there in Patrick's ground pound, which I think condensing it all to one character is a good idea. But I feel like the variety of Battle for Bikini Bottom kind of works more in its favor. Nice. There is one thing about this game that sucks, and it's I, every single Nickelodeon game has been doing this, and I don't know why. And it's like those three-lane runner sections. 
it's like 2014's The Legend of Korra had this where you like hop on Naga and you have to like book it to the finish line. And this game has it. It's even more brain dead. You just mash the boost button occasionally in a blue moon, you'll jump. It's like, it's, it's not good. Like these sections suck. Oh, wow. <laughs> they're Is just, they're just irredeemable. They're, they're not good. Is this just like Nickelodeon trying desperately to make Nickelodeon kart racing a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that already is a thing, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. Like they're tr- trying to salvage it, perhaps. <laughs> like, like it, please. <laughs> it's just—it's so weird. It's like he'll hop on like a seahorse or a unicycle. He never drives the boat. Isn't that weird? He never drives the boat mobile. Like, how is that Wait, a thing? What the heck? Yeah. He so he drives. The whole thing is like he doesn't have his boat mobile license yet. That's like the joke. So you get, like, a seahorse license. Okay, but, like, like, wait, if you're going to have a, like, racing segment in your Spongebob game, why not put him in the boatmobile and have him just tear down everything? Even, like, the the burger. (laughs) (laughs) Even, like, the burger from the movie, the burger car Mm. that they drive. Even that would have been nice, but no, they're not here. It's weird. But, again, it's, like... It's so, it's reaching for classic Spongebob and there's no modern Spongebob, but I feel like they don't utilize some of these elements to their full potential, but it, the game's fine overall. Like it, it does its job. If you're a fan, if you're a kid who loves Spongebob, you're going to love this game. It's going to be your childhood. That's what it's going to be for someone in 10, 20 years. But if you're nostalgic for Spongebob, you'll get a kick out of it. I think you should go in with very low expectations, though. There's some things from Balfour Bikini Bottom that are improved, but there's a lot that's kind of just the same. It's kind of just more Battle for Bikini Bottom, except I feel like less cohesive. So that's really SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake. There's really nothing else to it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. These kinds of like character platformers kind of come and go. I feel like they're having a bit of resurgence lately. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of, it's all hearsay. Like I, I don't, I don't. No, no, I think they are. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it feels like, you know, different developers are taking stabs at it. Like obviously we had the, the, the extreme indie version a couple of months ago with Lunistus. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have the, you know, like the, the Nickelodeon branded content of this game. It's, I feel as though the mascot platformer is making a bit of a return mm-hmm. Um, obviously we had Psychonauts 2 a couple years ago on yes, Xbox. which was awesome. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, which I know you loved. Um, of course, Ratchet and Clank for the PlayStation. Like, like I feel like these kinds of games are, are you know, are becoming more popular again, mm-hmm. which is great. Like, I think there's... Yeah, they're honestly, like, them. my favorite genre, I yeah, would absolutely. say. It, it, I love them. Yeah. It's an underrated genre. When done well, there's, there's truly nothing like it, but uh, it sounds like this one doesn't quite hit the highs that it could. Yeah, it doesn't hit the highs, but it doesn't hit the lows. You know, it's kind of just on that in-between line. If you love SpongeBob, like you're a diehard SpongeBob fan, you'll get a kick out of it, which I think Mm. for a game that was on sale before it even released, I think that's fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And I am, I am, uh, I am not kidding. It was on sale for $20 and this game retails for 40. Wow. How, what? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So if you pre-ordered this game on on like Amazon or Best Buy, you probably got it for a deep discount. Hmm. Sounds kind of like the Sonic Frontiers effect or something. It's barely out the door, and then this. Well, this one wasn't even out the door. Yeah. And I mean, come on, Sega, you got some competition now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fine. I mean, you know, if 
if they're going to be, you know, Nickelodeon is such a great catalog. Like, I honestly, out of, like, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and Disney, I think Nickelodeon has the best characters. I mean, you have, like, Danny Phantom, you have Spongebob, you have Avatar, you know, Invader Zim. There's so much that they could do with these franchises, especially in, like, a platformer setting. They should make some kind of a Smash Brothers clone. (laughs) All these different... I think that Mark would love that. Mark would be love with that oh god hey, uh, it's comedy yeah you're bringing back ptsd <laughs> horrible that game mark's oh just having god. vietnam war flashbacks mm-hmm. right now yeah, yeah. incredible that Sorry. horrible music that earring. oh my god just i still remember that too like i didn't even play the game and i have nightmares <laughs> about that music yeah. Yeah. that game was terrible yeah this one's a step in the right direction but i think nickelodeon you know especially if they're gonna do avatar like they got to get it done right. And yeah, this, this, I will say this though, the animations in this game, like the cinematics are stellar. They are great. They're like the SpongeBob, like those recent 3D movies. They feel on par with that. So those okay, get a massive yeah. thumbs up. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, any, anything, any other uh, parting, any parting shots about, uh, about good old SpongeBob here? Or should we move on? Uh, if you like them, and you want to have a few laughs, some maybe some nostalgia, get it at a discount. <laughs> not a, right. not a bad game, not a great one. It's kind of reminds me of like that shovelware <laughs> era, but I wouldn't brand this as shovelware since it's actually kind of quality. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, well, let's we're gonna take a quick break, and then we shall. Uh, I can't even make the joke. We're gonna come back and talk about Fire Emblem. <laughs> Uh, so stay tuned. <laughs> we'll be right back, and uh, we'll see you in a minute. Once again, uh, Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it over to you in a second here to talk about the latest Fire Emblem game, mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Engage. This is coming hot, hotly anticipated. Uh, the next great tactics game in the Fire Emblem uh, freaking franchise. Take it away, Mark. Uh, talk about this game. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know <laughs> if to call. I don't know if great <laughs> is. Um... Ooh. Uh, I got I got a take on this game. Let's hear it. The narrative 
as we all know, is garbage. The characters are terrible. The voice hold on, acting. Hold on, hold on. We got to qualify this because mm-hmm. we don't all know this. I haven't played this game. Like I, I know. I, 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 I feel. Not, I mean, I'll just say that I've seen so many just horrifying clips on Twitter. The writing seems amazing. Like everybody's just obsessed with the main character. Everyone's swooning, stalkery. swooning for the divine dragon in this I, game. The, it's very the odd. Only, the only thing, Mark, that I've heard about this game, and you can, like, this is this is not this is not my take. This is a take I've heard mm-hmm. from someone else. Um, is that I have heard of this game is is very much extremely over the top, kind of like yes. like a, like a, like an anime or a Saturday morning cartoon or something like it's that. It's more it's over the top than that. Even at more times. than that. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's the the dialogue in this game is bananas, and like I never thought I would say that about a Fire Emblem game, especially after Three Houses. But here's the thing about this game: the gameplay is phenomenal. It's the best wow. Fire Emblem's ever been, period. Like, hands down, no debates. The way they fix everything, the fact that the healer class now has defensive and offensive uses, the fact that there's this new break system where you can actually destroy the enemy weapons and figure out on a turn how to, like, gang up on different enemies. It's just all, it's brilliant. But then the characters start talking, and it's really bad. The story of this game is abysmal. I'll, I'll set it straight for you. In the first five minutes of the game, your mother, Queen Lumera, is killed in action. And your character is holding her. And he's crying. And I almost burst out laughing because there's just, like, there's no stakes to the story. The writing is just off the wall crazy. The characters are borderline creepy, some of them. And it's just, it, it's so odd because fire emblem three houses i don't think it was perfect the narrative but it was really really good and that's the thing that game got right the gameplay i felt like kind of slacked a bit it took out some of fire emblem staples and it kind of messed them up but the persona-esque elements really made up for that and it was a different type of fire emblem game this one is more classic fire emblem except it messes up that story and i think this has just been like a trend for the classic type Fire Emblem games where the story hasn't just been good. Because during the 3DS era, we had um, Fire Emblem Awakening, which was fantastic at times. Had some problems, had a bit of a villain issue, but the main narrative with Krom and Robin and Lucina was like, their dynamic was perfect. And then we had Fire Emblem Fates where the series just exploded and it was saved from doom like if that game didn't sell well awakening nintendo was going to put this thing to sleep forever and that game sold like crazy so now we have fire emblem fates which was a game divided into three different games which was advertised as two different games (laughs) so you like picked between the north side or the hoshido or it it was like it was kind of going for like a pokemon situation except the dialogue in that game again the story was terrible every fire emblem fan regards it as like being the worst fire emblem because of the story the characters were just unrelatable corin is a terrible protagonist why is he in super smash brothers (laughs) so many questions it's as a major fire emblem fan i'm always like i'm down like when byleth was announced for smash i was like good i was like i love this character and then when corin was announced i was like oh god like get this person out of here like why do we have this (laughs) so fire emblem engage gameplay fixes everything about the older fire fire emblems some of their problems and it really makes it more strategic which is exactly what we wanted but the story is just so bad you're you're the divine dragon and 
it's kind of turned into like you're hunting down these rings. So at first I thought it was like Lord of the Rings inspired, but then it's like you have to collect the 12 emblem rings and these emblem rings are able to summon emblem heroes from the past. So you'll have like Marth and Lucina and Ike and Roy and you could summon them into battle and they'll help you in like an assist system, which works really well. The gameplay about it, you know, everything about the gameplay is great. But then again, the story, why are they here? How did they get here? so many problems nothing makes sense what am i doing here why is the dog that i could pet the most interesting character so many questions okay, wait, that, that doesn't sound like a question to me mark whenever <laughs> there's a dog it's going to be the most interesting or maybe character. it's a cat i don't know what you consider the guardian spirit saw me you have to you have to look them up and tell okay, me uh, mark did share a picture of this creature with us and mm -hmm. it is very very adorable, cute very, mm -hmm. very fluffy where's a scarf you can customize him you can give him a little top hat he's adorable a top hat? Yep. This oh okay. My God. All right, Goaty, I see it. <laughs> this dude um, is a cute little dude. So okay, so let's let's dig into it. What makes so you're saying this is the best the gameplay has felt yes. in years. So let's let's dig in. Not even years, period. Just like period, period. Ever. It's the best fire emblem gameplay wise. Wow. All right, so let's let's dig into it. Why is that? Because um, when Fire Emblem first came out, it was about the weapons triangle. The problem sure. is every other strategy game has a weapons triangle. So Fire Emblem Specialty, I felt like over the years kind of wore off. It was the characters and the classes that made Fire Emblem special. But now that this we have this break system and these new mechanics that allow you to figure out like this multi-layered concoction every single turn, it's like it's fantastic. It adds more strategy to it. So the people who are hardcore looking to like complete a map in like three turns, you can do it in this game. It's possible. Mm. But for the casual player who perhaps isn't like too much into the mechanics and you know they're more focused on the story, womp womp for this one but you know the casual player is going to enjoy this one because there's a lot of cool new mechanics they can learn and stuff like that they don't have to get too deep into it to beat the game but there's a lot of new enjoyable stuff here so i think that's where the gameplay strives but again the story off the wall characters are terrible it's like i this is the only fire emblem game maybe since fates fates i don't know if this game is worse than fates it might be worse in terms of story but it's the first game where I legitimately just want to skip the cutscene if I wasn't reviewing it. Yeah, all right, that's fair. And I can't uh, believe I'm saying that about a Fire Emblem game because, like, some of those 3DS ones and the ones before that, especially the Ike games, the one featuring him, Path of Radiance and stuff, like, the story in those is phenomenal. And this one just screws it up. <laughs> it's, not so much. it's bad. All right. Uh, Campbell, remind me where you land on the Fire Emblem spectrum. Uh, I am not even on the Fire Emblem spectrum. I am like, if the spectrum's on one side, I'm, you know, a few <laughs> miles away from it. Just because sure. my my closest experience with Fire Emblem is that Ike is my main in Smash Bros. So that's it, basically. Mm -hmm. I had I have a copy of Three Houses. I've just never yet what? broken into. Yeah. Break into that shit. It's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. But it's one of the I was best Switch playing, games. I was too busy playing another RPG with heavy life sim elements. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I do want to get into Three Houses as well. Just not yeah, Three Houses is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's where I land with that. Um, so not super familiar. Oh, and I did also play randomly the original Fire Emblem when that released as a limited digital release on Switch a few mm-hmm. years Which back. Which is now gone forever. Exactly. So my Switch is now a priceless <laughs> relic because it has <laughs> Fire Emblem on it. <laughs> I know, right? Do I, do I, yeah, it actually reminded me. Do I need to download that again? Can I still access uh, it? No, you can, yeah, you can still download it. Go into the yeah, eShop. I, yeah, yeah. I should probably re-download that just you know, for a rainy just, day. For yeah, kicks, let's go play Mario 35, guys. Uh, <laughs> let's all celebrate uh, the limited release games we've got. Yeah, but th- but that's where I'm at with Fire Emblem. So I'm like, when you talk, when you compare Fire Emblem Engage to Three Houses or anything like that, or really any other Fire Emblem game, you know, I don't have that point of reference. And so I don't, I guess my main wonder is for strategy games, there are a lot of strategy games I play where, you know, the story is whatever, but the gameplay is so great it makes up for it. So what is it about the story in Fire Emblem Engage that really like drags down the entire experience everything. the gameplay really is so good. <laughs> literally everything everything the minor characters are boring the main character has as much personality as flatbread the his whole his whole journey is stupid there's no stakes to anything okay, why it's is his journey bad. stupid though you're collecting the emblem rings to unite against the fell dragon which is like fire emblems always had a history of like these evil dragons and stuff and you know you're taking down this new one it's just there's nothing to the characters they have there's no stakes when someone dies you don't feel anything when the characters get emotional you don't feel anything because we don't know anything about them it's like your character at the beginning alir or whatever you want to name him the divine dragon he wakes up from this a thousand year slumber and there's like there's no reason for anyone to be caring about this character there's just none it's like no one has known this guy and everyone's acting like he's their best buddy it's like why give me a reason to like this guy but they never give you that reason and that's the problem with this game the main character is just terrible and everyone is swooning for him even the villains even the villains are like (laughs) in love with this guy yeah they're all like he's so well depending if you play he or she you know they'll be like he's so handsome or whatever it's like it's really odd and it's like are they kind of with you they are <laughs> they are and it's like it's kind of uncomfortable there's one there's one kind of uncomfortable. there's one dialogue which this character named Chloe and she's um at first i was like the pegasus knights in these games always like the best characters i love the pegasus knights and then i go to her f- first support conversation and she's watching you sleep as you're waking up oh boy no comfortable <laughs> oh boy <laughs> A person you don't know anything about yet. And this is the first support conversation. And it's like, oh, no. It's not good. <laughs> well, this is maybe All a right. stupid question, but are, is there an actual, like, romance mechanic in this game? Yes, or, there is. Or... You can still okay, romance great. one person in the game. Like, all the other past Fire Emblems, you can marry... You know, there's some select units. The one great thing they added in this game is that your character, whether male or female, can marry any character, male or female. There are some characters from the English localization that they cut that you can't marry because they're like underage. Um, <laughs> so it's me? like, Probably yeah, good. so it's like, it's it's a good change. This, you know, should be in the game. Uh, that's all I'll say. This is a good change. So there's that, but yes, you can marry anyone you want, male or female. 
Nice. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this game does away with most of the kind of social sim. Yes, sim it's, it's straight up classic Fire Emblem. So you go from map to map, you go and take out enemies, classic strategy gameplay. There is some like minor management elements back at the Somnial, which is your base of operations, but it's nothing that's like game changing. There's certain aspects where it's like taking your emblem and making what they, they call like these bonding rings, which is like to give some of your characters like extra stats and stuff like that. But it's nothing that's like you're going to spend hours in the Somnial unless you want to go and like look around at the place or talk to characters. But sadly, there's no reason to talk to any characters since all the dialogue is bad and repetitive. So wow. they kind of save you from that. Although you should go to the Somnial and after, I believe it's chapter four, if you go to the cavern that's near the front, you can find Sami, the spirit guardian, who's like this dog cat breed. I think it's supposed to, I'll have an article up on the website about this. I think it's supposed to reflect like a Japanese kami, which is like a spirit or like a deity that's like has a guardianship with an individual. But Sami doesn't really have like a purpose per se. He can, or he or she, whatever it is, can help you in the uh, the mini games that you could play like around the Somnial. There's like a fishing mini game and a workout mini game to upgrade your stats. So there's that. But this game, it, it's weird. It makes me miss the life management simulation style of Fire Emblem Three Houses. But I don't necessarily think that gameplay fits an adventure of this archetype. So I think going back to classic Fire Emblem Roots was the right move, but it's just, it's such a shame that the story is terrible because if the past Fire Emblem games, the protagonists and the side characters, or main characters, I should say, the main cast has always been great. Like Ike and his friends are great. Roy and his friends are great. Lynn and his friends, great. Her friends, I mean. Marth friends, you know, they're all great. This one... They're all just bad. Just everyone. There's not a single character in this game that I could tell you about their story arc and tell you about why I love it. There's just none. Wow. That's uh, that's tough. Um, and interesting to me because I, from from what I the the limited information I have about Fire Emblem is that the stories are generally pretty and pardon the pun engaging, and that does not mm -hmm. seem to be the case at least for you, with this particular game. Yeah, and even they joke about the other games in this one. They're like, the previous game, Three Houses, they were like, it was a 30-volume book in this world's universe, or whatever. And it's like, they joke about how it had this intriguing political aspect. And it's like, yeah, it's everything that this game is missing. There's no drama. There's no political intrigue. There's just, like, nothing to it. Yeah, I mean, nothing to it except for the excellent gameplay, as, you, yes, the, as you've alluded yeah. to. Again, I, it, it's kind of, you know, especially for me to say this, I still recommend this game. I think the gameplay is phenomenal. Is it sure. a perfect game? No, absolutely not. Story, if you're here for that, you're in trouble. Gameplay, though, it's the best Fire Emblem's ever been, period. If this game, if they had the gameplay of this and the story of Three Houses, be a masterpiece. If they took both of these games and combined them. But, uh, you know, that's Didn't maybe happen. on the next one. <laughs> so what, what do you think about the... Because it's been a few years since Three Houses. What, it's been like five years? Yeah, it's been almost five years, I think. Um, so I guess the... 
I don't know. Does that timeline about line up? Like, do do you think that we, you know, could I don't know? Like, I I don't know anything about these about these kinds of games um, because I know the three houses had like a DLC. It right? did. Yes, it had a so DLC do you, chapter. I mean, do, do you think they're like? I mean, do you do you think they're going to listen to feedback and make some kind of like a story focused DLC that's like pretty good? We already know maybe? that's coming. Yeah, there's going to be okay, story focused right. DLC. I, if it's the same writers, I am not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the gameplay, but story wise, yeah, this there's nothing that can save the story. They can't even build off it because there's nothing to build off. I feel like. Well, there you go. Uh, there you have it. Well, I, uh, I mean, I know that we're, I know that there's probably a lot more to say about this, but like, like you tell me, Mark, where, where do you want the conversation to go? Like, I, I feel like you don't want to talk about how bad the story is for, <laughs> for, for that much longer. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe the, no, no, no. And there's, the there's things about this game that bother me as like a Fire Emblem fan where it's like, I don't think the character designs are really that great. There's a few that are really interesting. The main character has like this weird. You don't like toothpaste hair? <laughs> he has like a red and blue divide between the hair. Campbell, it's not that bad once you're playing the game. It actually, really? I think, it re- really, it is. I think it's kind of fine. I think at least it's something different. It stands out from other RPG protagonists. I think it's kind of fine. I, I don't love him, but I don't hate him. He's kind of there, you know. Okay, but like ambivalence still isn't what you're going for in your yes. attitude <laughs> towards a main character. But yeah, I guess compared to how you feel about the story, that's okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean the character designs feel like they're following like basic archetypes from like the last game, especially where it's like you have the buff knight and you have the charming prince, and it's like it, it feels like it's kind of going for what made Three Houses successful, except it doesn't really understand it. But, yeah, the gameplay, though, is just, it's so addicting. <laughs> wow. And, I mean, I'm not, obviously, you know, not played the game, not really familiar with Fire Emblem or anything, but from what little I've seen of this game, it also looks like it's just a really beautiful game. Too. Yeah, it is. Graphically, this game's great. It's a shame that the art style doesn't, you know, I don't want to say it's not ambitious. I just feel like it's not as creative as the other Fire Emblem games because the game looks gorgeous, like in handheld mode and docked. Like it's the best Fire Emblem has ever looked. But it's just a shame that, you know, the world isn't more memorable. More memorable how? Just in every way, from like story and look. Like you go oh, from well, you know, yeah, you go from a grassland to like a snow area to a desert and it's like oh, I kinda wish okay. the landscapes didn't look too generic. There's some awesome areas of the game, like there's like the sand city and it has like a square layout. Like it's really cool. But then it's like the snowy cavern where you're kind of being chased down is like there's a tree over there and a wall of rocks and it's like I just wish things were kind of more ambitious in terms of art style. It's kind of like fantasy cookie cutter. Yeah, it really is. That's really, honestly, I I don't have a problem with fantasy cookie cutter in terms of story. You know, if it follows the hero's journey, I think that's fine. A lot of stuff follows the hero's journey and still works really well. I don't think it works at all in this game. Nice. Um... Interesting. I, it's that's so it's such a surprise to me. Um, again, no, knowing nothing about this this uh, particular entry in the mm-hmm. series, it is is a, a bit of a surprise to hear. Um, 
because I feel like this game, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the marketing was like <laughs> it was really bad. There. Yeah, it right? wasn't like, there at all. Like we, yeah. I think we all forgot this game was coming out. You know, last week. Right? Well, the funny, you know, we mentioned this the other week. Campbell mentioned it. It's like this game leaked and no one cared. Just, yeah, nobody cared. Yeah. There were full-on screenshots of everything in this game and no one batted an eye and it's like this is fire emblem it's like one of nintendo's staple franchises now whether you like it or not so it's like it should have been a big deal but it felt like this game even before its announcement no one really cared so i'm interested to see how it does like sales wise and stuff and what the fandom thinks of the game overall but i um you should really play three houses because that game is awesome. <laughs> Putting it back on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Campbell's Campbell's frantically shifting around his list of uh, list of priorities. Mm-hmm. Like, oh god, my, my backlog. Yeah, I will say though. I mean, we can. I, the story does sound terrible, and it's a shame that it's as bad as it is. But the one good thing about that is. I truly would not have known that this game had come out if it weren't for all the little videos and screenshots on Twitter <laughs> of all the cringeworthy dialogue in this game. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the awful writing seems to have been the best marketing for this game yet because I I was suddenly aware, hey, this game is out. People are playing it. People are laughing at it. So mm-hmm. Which it is, exists. It's a shame, though, because the last Fire Emblem was like, I could tell you so much about so many of the minor characters, like Claude mm-hmm. and well, Claude's the main character and Dorothea, and it's like there's so many great characters from Three Houses. And it's just such a shame because after finishing this game, it's like I can't remember anyone's name. It's just like I don't remember anyone. And it's like I spent like twenty plus hours with these people. <laughs> you know? That's uh doesn't exactly bode well it doesn't for, uh, yeah that's tough stuff um well, i still I recommend know. it i still yeah, no, that's the, you know i'll it, still stand like, by and recommend it it's funny i think out of the three of well i don't know i i'm this is kind of a different conversation but like i feel as though out of the three of us you are perhaps the person who cares the most about narrative mm-hmm like I don't know, am I am I incorrect? No, no, you're totally you're totally right. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I I feel like like for me it's like I I don't I, like I listen I, I I love a good story. Don't get me wrong. I I would prefer that everything I engage with to be mm-hmm. well written and interesting and and like capture my attention. But at the end of the day, I'm like it's a video game. Like I will. Well, I here's will, the thing. I care yeah. if the story is at the forefront. And while it may, you know, it's a Nintendo game, so it seems like gameplay would be at the forefront, but it's not. Fire Emblem story has always been at the forefront. And this game needed to have a good story, and it just, it doesn't. It's like, it's like Bayonetta 3. Again, the story of that game is garbage. The gameplay, debatable. (laughs) It's like, the point still stands that it needs to have a good story especially if you're spending hours listening to these characters and what they have to say because if they have nothing to say it's like why would i keep going i i think that's fair um yeah i think i think i think it's you know definitely worth saying like like of course we want everything that we you know we we, we always want to say something like it's it mm-hmm. sucks to, to to engage with something and be like wow that was it listen not to go off on a tangent but this is why i don't like the movie the wolf of wall street uh, is because I feel like it's three and a half hours of like, okay, what are we even saying here? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like 
you, you want to say something. Um, it's going to rile right, up all yeah. the Martin Scorsese fans mm-hmm. who, who listen to us. They're going to be like, what the hell? Cameron doesn't know what major, he's talking about. Major overlap between our audience and Martin Oh, Scorsese yeah, listen. Fans, everybody's yeah. all about the, uh, the, the, uh, the Scorsese Fire Emblem uh, fan base uh, is basically a circle. It's a complete, it's a Venn diagram that is just an overlapping circle, mm-hmm. um, as we can all agree. Um but you're but uh sorry to, to get back to the the original point i was trying to make here um talk about uh, how important narrative is or isn't and i don't uh, like i'm not expecting game. god of war from fire emblem you know sure like i'm not i'm not expecting that type of level but it's like i should feel for these people like i should feel something for this main character that's like the bare minimum I ask for, you know, or at least yeah. make them funny or like, or like something just noticeable about them or their, or their personality, make it relatable. But this game doesn't have that. And it's a shame because the last Fire Emblem game had all of that. So it's kind of a, a big jump, but it's the, what everything Fire Emblem Three Houses did wrong, this game does right. And everything this game does wrong, Fire Emblem Three Houses did right. Mm-hmm. that's the big takeaway from this. Okay, fair enough. I think that's... Listen, that's the big takeaway. That's all we can That's all we can ask for. Um, any... I mean, I don't know. What else What else is on the list for you to, to talk about this game? Let's talk about... Like, I feel like you've... For as much as... as, as you know, as much as you love Fire Emblem, this is, uh, I feel like you're maybe a little more down on it than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to kind of end with like some positive stuff? Like what, what do you, what do you think is, yeah, I mean is the map, you know, the map designs are fun. Again, all the changes to the classic Fire Emblem f- formula are just awesome. Just everything here is great. All works perfectly. It's all so well thought out. I think the weapon system works great. Everything with the convoy and some of the basic management works good. The soundtrack is still Fire Emblem. It's great. But, you know, it's just, there's those few problems and it's like, it's so close. Like, if this game and the last game were put together, it'd be the perfect Fire Emblem. That's what we need. That's what we need. Uh, Nintendo, make it happen. Uh, Is it Intelligent Systems? Who makes Fire Emblem? Yes, Intelligent Systems. Which, there's a a rumor they were making, remaking one of the older games and COVID has caused like problems because this game's like internal code from like data miners, they spotted that it's called like Fire Emblem 19, except there's no Fire Emblem 18. So it's like, we're missing a game in between. So it's kind of fueling some of the rumors that we've been hearing. And there's a lot, obviously, I mean, this whole game leaked months in advance and you know, so I think the rumors are true. We're gonna get a Fire Emblem remake after this one. Maybe even I don't know about this year. Maybe next year, early next year. But uh, interesting. We're definitely getting Genealogy of the uh, the Holy War, a remake of that, which was like a Super Nintendo game. All right, I'm I'm intrigued. Um, that's fascinating. I I recently uh, uh, through I can't explain how uh, got a copy of the the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem. What? Um, you didn't I, tell yeah, me this. I'm, well, listen, <laughs> I'll explain. It, I'll explain to you off microphone how I came upon this particular oh, gosh. version of the game. <laughs> um, but I'm very intrigued to to because uh, I've never gotten involved in the Fire Emblem. I I, I played the 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 NES the uh, the NES one on Switch a couple a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like like a couple of maps, like maybe two or three missions. Mm-hmm. Not for it's a bit dated. Yeah. 
it's a bit dated. Like it's very like for what for the time, extremely good. Uh, but it's certainly like you know, it's it's tough to go back to you know a game from the eighties. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. That has of never course. seen the light of day in the West. Um, I do, uh, much like Campbell. Um, I didn't want to admit this because I didn't want to get dragged uh, like he did. But I I do also have a copy of Three Houses, uh, within oh, arm's reach, yes. that I have not opened. Um, one of us. One of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. I cannot wait to not play that game. Um. <laughs> It's Someday, really good. I don't know, guys. It's really There's no good. time. Yeah. There's simply no time. In this What's world. good is these yeah, games that... are broken up in chapters, so you could just like sit down and be like, "I'm going to dedicate a half hour to this chapter," and it's like you're good to go. And there's like 27 chapters in the game. I mean, that's nice, but but realistically, Mark, like we've got Octopath Traveler Two is coming out at the end of February. Exactly. Right? And why would All you play another Square that. Enix game when you could play a Nintendo game? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Firstly, wow. <laughs> okay, Octopus Traveler is published by Nintendo, though, so mm-hmm. there's that. There's a good uh, thing about these games, the Fire Emblem series. It's that characters talk normally, and they don't talk like this every single sentence. <laughs> that's really funny. That's, I mean, I that's a throwback to, uh, to some classic Square Enix games of old. Um, no, not even old. Games that, games that no, came out like, like two years, years ago. <laughs> games that one came out one ago. month ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really funny. Um, shall we call it there? Unless, Mark, you have anything else you particularly want to talk about? No, I don't think so. I just recommend this game. I think people awesome. should give it a shot. But I, if you can get it for a discount, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. If you're a diehard Fire Emblem fan, you're already playing this, you know? Sure. Yeah. But if if you're in a situation like some of us on this podcast where you haven't played either Engage or Fire Emblem Three Houses, Three Houses, you should play Three Houses. Yes. Okay. Three Houses. Go for the Blue Lions route. That's the one I like most. <laughs> okay. Well, Black Eagles are also cool. For. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there then. Um, lovely. And uh, of course, Mark, you've got some writing about this game over on the website, right? Uh, I will soon. Renan has beaten me to it, and he's already written Renan? a piece. <laughs> no, we, we like Renan. Um, so if you want a solid 4,000 words on what is wrong with the narrative of this game, <laughs> please yeah, check Renan. out Renan's article. I think it's called Fire Emblem Engage is a Narrative Disappointment, which he uh, is yes, that, not that wrong. Like a, that sounds like a Renan article. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the very extremely in-depth, uh, blow by blow. Um, all right, so I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, lately, you can find my review of Forspoken. Speaking of Square Enix games, uh, um, this one uh, also does not have a good narrative, uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Markel, but of course, Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can follow me over on Instagram and Twitter right now over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, I have a few articles up, some about Pokemon, some about Fire Emblem. I'll have the review up for Fire Emblem soon. Uh, you can check out my review for SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. And yeah, I'll probably be focusing on Fire Emblem the next few weeks until good old Kirby comes out. Yes, I forgot about that Kirby game. Um, Campbell, what about you? 
You can find all my games writing, shockingly, at GoombaStomp.com. Uh, we've put up an indie game spotlight this past weekend, so stay tuned or check that out. Stay tuned for some more indie coverage and keep an eye out for, I alluded to Octopath Traveler coming out at the end of the month, and you know I'm going to have plenty of Square Enix content coming out for that. So uh, stay tuned, and you can find me on Twitter at CampbellWithSkill, uppercase CSG. Lovely. And Express is also on social media. We're on Twitter at and Express Nintendo. Don't forget to rate, review, write in with your favorite listener questions. Uh, what are we? Editor at Goombastomp? Video games editor at Goombastomp? Yep. Video games editor. Video games editor. Mm-hmm. Video games editor at Goombastomp.com. Uh, maybe, just maybe, we'll answer your question on the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.